Welcome to season two of the Anatomy of Nursing School podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing the importance of skills labs and the benefits of simulation learning. This episode, we have guest speaker, Ms. Bolas, who is a School of Nursing Skills Lab educator. Feel free to introduce yourself, Ms. Bolas. All right, well, hi everyone, I'm Victoria Bolas. I'm an RN Skills Lab educator here at the UAB School of Nursing. And my job is working in the lab setting, teaching the hands-on clinical skills associated with being a nurse. So those are skills like how to take vital signs, how to start IVs, how to do a physical assessment, just to name a few. I get to work with students in both our traditional Bachelor of Science in Nursing program, as well as our accelerated Master's in Nursing program. Um, students who are in their first and, and second semesters of nursing school taking these clinical lab courses. So for you pre-nursing majors who are listening, I'll be one of the first people that you'll meet in nursing school and we'll get to know each other really well. It's a unique job because it is very much hands-on learning in small groups. So it's not all lectures in the large auditorium. It's a nice change of pace. So we're constantly on our feet, moving to the grooving and the bed labs, taking care of our patients, which is what we call our, our mannequin trainers. Interesting, that's super cool. What made you choose your nursing specialty? How did you, you know, find that interest? What made you wanna do this? Sure. In terms of my nursing specialty, I really feel like I have two. I'm, I'm a pediatric oncology nurse, and I'm also a nurse educator. And I really believe that those specialties probably chose me just as much as I chose them. I was drawn to nursing at a really young age. I was in fourth grade when my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, and I was in seventh grade when she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer. And through her battle with cancer, I really got to interact a lot with the great UAB oncology clinic nurses who were treating my mom on a weekly basis. And so I got to see early on the difference um, firsthand that a highly competent, high caring nurse can make in a patient's life. I got to see all kinds of nurses growing up, the best and the worst. And I knew that one day I wanted to, to go to school and, and enter a profession where I could become one of the best. And so I enrolled at Sanford University many years ago in their Bachelor of Science in Nursing program with my eyes kind of always set on adult oncology nursing. And then I was kind of caught off guard my fourth semester of nursing school right before I was about to graduate when I had my first pediatric clinical rotation and fell completely immediately head over heels in love with peds nursing, with pediatric nursing. And I was kind of surprised because I thought I knew what I wanted going into nursing school, but it just goes to show you to keep an open mind during all your clinical rotations because you never know when lightning could strike. I was fortunate enough at my school to actually take a pediatric oncology nursing elective that actually let me spend some time in Memphis, Tennessee at St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital there. And so I got to kind of see the, the world of pediatric oncology and combine those two interests that I have of, of peds and oncology. And I discovered that it was a field that I really loved. And so I graduated, I got a job right out of school on the same unit that I precepted at Children's of Alabama on their pediatric oncology floor. And so that's where I worked for several years. I worked night shift, I worked day shift, and um, 
my decision to really go back to school and get a, a master's degree is kind of similar to my previous one. That wasn't really in my cards. That wasn't um, the plan for me. I thought I was always going to be a bedside nurse taking care of patients in the hospital. And I realized in working on the job that one of my favorite parts of the job was the education side of things. I loved getting to educate our new diagnosis. I loved working with families and their child to teach them what kind of things to look for when they go home, information about their treatment regimen, when to call the doctor, what signs and symptoms were concerning. Um, that was a big passion of mine. And of course, I loved working with our nursing students at Children's of Alabama because they are the only pediatric hospital in the state. I got to work with nursing students across the state from Auburn, from Alabama, from UAB. And um, it was a real joy and privilege to, to work with them and to precept them, to orient some of our new hires and new graduate nurses. And so I decided a couple years in that I, I did want to go back to school and I was going to make education my, my full-time job. And so I went back and I, I got my master's in nursing education and I've been here at the UAB School of Nursing using that master's ever since. I think it's really awesome that you said you didn't really know or you thought you knew what you wanted to do and then it just kind of hit you in fourth semester that everything kind of changed. I, I think that's really good advice to have an open mind, especially for people who are coming into nursing school and like, oh, I know I want to do this. Like, still need to have an open mind. It is nice to know what your interests are, but you never know what might change and what you might enjoy. So I think that's really good advice. Absolutely. Okay, well, we'll move on to our next question. What are some things that you wish you knew going into your specialty or just going into the workforce? You know, there are so many things that I wish I could go back and tell my younger self. I think one of the biggest ones is to err is human. In other words, you know, you're going to make mistakes. Even in the nursing world, mistakes are going to happen. We're human, we're not machines, no one is perfect. However, because mistakes in healthcare can have serious repercussions on patients' lives, I think it's important that we set ourselves up for success and do everything we can at the very beginning to prevent having to make mistakes. You know, for example, take time to actually do the seven rights of medication administration and do those every time before you give a medication, not just before a checkoff skill in lab, but every time in the real world don't just skip or, or rush through those seven rights. And I think it's also important to know that when a mistake does happen, you need to admit it so that it can be identified and we can avoid it in the future. I know at, at my hospital, we have a, a whole committee that looks at what mistakes have been made among nurses in order to identify how can we prevent those same mistakes from being made in the future. Of course, you're going to be upset about it. You're going to beat yourself up about it, but you can better believe that you're never going to make the same mistake again. So I, I really think some of the most empowering and courageous words out there are, I made a mistake. And so I think knowing that going into this profession is really important and knowing how you can take action and prevent those mistakes from happening in the future. Another piece of advice I would like to give my former self is don't forget to take care of yourself. It was amazing to me when I first started my job, how quickly I could forget about myself. You know, in an effort to be there 110% for my patient, I, I often went 12 hour shifts holding my bladder or without a lunch break. 
And it's just so easy to get burnt out this way. It really wasn't until an older coworker told me, Victoria, if you don't put gas in your own tank, your car is not gonna go. And it's so true, right? You can't pour from an empty cup and you can't take care of other people if you don't take care of yourself first. So you have to make time to make yourself a priority. Eat lunch, go to the bathroom. These are, are simple things, but they can make a really big difference in the long run. And the last piece of advice I think I would give my formal self, have you ever heard the phrase, shake hands and kiss babies? It's, it's all about networking. It's a phrase that's all about networking, which is something else I, I really wish I had learned early on. How important it is to get to know the interdisciplinary members of your healthcare team, not just the other nurses on the floor, but the other interdisciplinary team members. Take time to get to know those other players on the unit. Many times you're not going to have the answer for every question, but if you know your resources, you can really find out those answers much more efficiently. I know it's cliche, but teamwork really does make the dream work. Um, yes. I feel like that's probably, that's probably all I have for that. Yeah, thank you for that advice. I think um, really put it into perspective how much healthcare is um, of the work of a team. You know, it's not just nurses and doctors. And, you know, you have your PCTs, your CNAs, you have your, you know, you know your all, all of your other players. And I think that was really, that was really beneficial to put it in, into perspective and to always have an open mind, to be personable um, and connect with those people who are on your team. Um, and so going back to the UAB Skills Labs topic, um, our next question is, what can students expect to learn in the Skills Labs? I think a better question is what can't students expect to learn in Skills Lab? In Skills Lab, we cover everything from tactile nursing skills, like how to give a bed bath and how to change the dressing on a central venous line, to soft skills like communication and prioritization. And it might be helpful just for clarification for our listeners who may not know what a skills lab is. Uh, a skills lab is basically a classroom that's designed to look like a hospital facility in order to give our students clinical practice for their profession. So instead of traditional desks and chairs, we have hospital beds and IV poles, as well as head walls with working oxygen and suction equipment in these spaces. We also have patients, and those are our mannequin trainers. They're always in the beds, and our students work with these patients on a regular basis. I always joke that we have the very best patients at the UAB School of Nursing because they're always available, they're indefinable, and they never complain. At UAB, we have two types of clinical lab courses that take place in the skills lab. We have health assessment lab and skills development lab. In health assessment, students learn how to assess patients from head to toe using their own senses of sight and touch, as well as medical equipment, such as stethoscopes, otoscopes, and pen lights, just to name a few. Students learn how to listen to lung sounds, and they gain practice identifying abnormal breath sounds versus normal breath sounds. They'll learn how to palpate pulses, how to measure heart rate, how to obtain a manual blood pressure. And then in skills development, which is the second kind of lab course that we offer in the skills lab, students gain practice with the foundational skills that are associated with being a nurse, beginning with the very basics, like how to make a bed with the patient in it, and then kind of advancing throughout the curriculum to more complex skills, such as how to set up a sterile field and don sterile gloves, 
in order to insert a urinary catheter. Patient communication is something that we try to incorporate in every skill step as well. So students can gain practice with this in the skills lab as well. Another part of our skills lab is our simulation center. They kind of work hand in hand. Our simulation center is a state-of-the-art facility that's located within our School of Nursing, and it houses our high-fidelity mannequins. These are very realistic mannequins that actually blink and talk, and they can breathe all on their own. In the simulation center, students will come in and take report on a particular patient and assume then total care of that patient, which is a job that involves performing several different nursing skills all at once. Okay, we'll move on to our next question. You kind of already touched on this a little bit, but how has simulation education advanced nursing students' clinical skills and like how can they carry that into clinical with them? Great question. I, I love simulation. I didn't always love it as a student, but as I've worked with it as an instructor, there is a really a great benefit to simulation. It's a, a really unique tool that allows us to immerse students in a clinical experience, a specific clinical experience, to strengthen and refine several different nursing skills all at once. So some of these we talked about, you know, communication, prioritization, delegation, Teamwork, those are all things that we can kind of incorporate in a simulation. We all know that experience is the best teacher. And so through simulation, we can actually create experiences that are tailor-made for our students and their particular level of learning. Simulation also speaks to several different styles of learning at once. So, you know, some people are very visual. Other people are more auditory. With simulation, we incorporate all of those visual, kinesthetic, auditory learning. Clinical rotations in the hospital setting, they provide the same opportunity for students as well. You know, this opportunity for students to strengthen their skills and this opportunity for instructors to evaluate students' skill proficiency. But with clinical rotations, a lot of times we're limited, right? We're limited to what patients are in the hospital at that particular day and time that they're there for our, our particular clinical rotation. For example, as a clinical instructor, if we've been talking about wounds in class one week, and I really wanted my students to gain practice caring for a patient with a certain type of wound or a certain type of wound drain that week in clinical, if we go to clinical and we have no patients on our assigned unit with that you know, wound or drain in place, then I'm out of luck. You know, My students, they're just not going to get that clinical experience on that day. But with simulation, I can expose my students to whatever clinical scenarios I'd like without being limited to the patient census in the hospital, you know, that week. Simulation is also a safe place to learn. I don't think a lot of students understand that. It's a safe place to learn because if you make mistakes in simulation, no one gets hurt. No patients are going to suffer. And this is unlike the clinical setting where mistakes can be, as we talked about, detrimental to the patient. So I think a lot of students get intimidated when they think about simulation. They think their instructors are just watching them and judging them behind this one-way mirror. And it's just not true. We are watching you, but we're watching you so we can give you feedback to make you better, to help you improve your skill. So don't let that fear um, paralyze you. It's as much an opportunity for us to watch you and give you feedback as it is for you to learn and grow and again, where you can make mistakes and you can grow through that as well without anyone um, having negative consequences. 
it's really come a long way. Simulation has come a long way over the years. It's evolved from when we just use task trainers, which are basically partial mannequins. It would be like a single torso or a single chest or a single arm um, where we would use those task trainers to practice specific skills. It's evolved from that to having these very realistic, these very advanced mannequins that can track movements and re react to light with their eyes. They can even give birth, some of them. I think it's awesome that UAB has all of these resources available to their students to learn and interact um, and grow as you know future healthcare professionals. Um, and I know, I liked how you said experience is the best teacher. Um, and I think we can all relate to that very closely um, this past year having, you know, almost no in-person experience, um, you know, being fully online due to COVID and, you know, um, having that, you know, affect each, you know, in, in their own way. But hopefully, you know, that will turn in the next uh, few months um, and we'll be able to get back in there and get that ex hands-on experience. Um, and so our next question is how can, or do you think it's possible for skills labs to assist nursing students in finding their, um, their specialty for their future profession? Sure, I, I think one of the, the benefits of Skills Lab is that it can show you right away within your first week of nursing school even, what sort of task will be part of your everyday job as a future bedside nurse. And that's helpful for a lot of people who enter nursing and they're still kind of discerning whether this profession is really for them. I think the Skills Lab will show you, like I said, within that first week, what, what this profession is all about, what it's going to look like on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, skills Lab definitely strengthens your confidence with performing nursing skills, even in stressful circumstances or under pressure, like during a checkoff with your instructor watching you, which is not unlike the clinical setting when your patient and three of their family members are all gathered around you to watch you draw labs. So I think it helps prepare you for your profession in that way. And again, not just with physical tasks, but also with your critical thinking and kind of understanding why are you performing specific skills. I think the, the big benefit in terms of helping you discern a specialty, it just helps you discern is nursing as a specialty, is that the right build for you? I like what you said about you have to think critically. Sometimes whenever you think about skills, you're like, okay, I'm going to go in this patient's room. I'm going to do this task and then I'm going to leave. But like you never know what will happen or what, what that task is going to present you with. And so you really do have to think critically. It's not just about as much just going there and doing the skill, but like the how you're going to implement the skill and like what are going to be the effects of that skill too. So I think that's awesome that you have to like consider multiple aspects. You're exactly right. And that's something I, it's hard to teach students that that critical thinking aspect. Um, initially, when we do go over skills, it's very task oriented. I feel like our, our students are very, what are the steps of this procedure or this task? And, and that's how it has to be at first. But then once you learn the steps of this task and you're able to do the skill, you want to take it a step further and think, of, mm -hmm. you know, why am I doing this? You know, what happens if, if I deviate from this? Um, what does contamination mean? And I'm just taking it a step further and thinking about what's the reasoning behind this and then how can I troubleshoot from there if something goes wrong. I think that's really interesting. We've talked about the why, we talked about, you know, skills labs and um, the importance of it. What would you recommend students um, or how would you recommend students practice skills labs at home because of COVID? You know, we can't really do much in the labs or as much as we did last year. How are we able to um, practice skills at home to better ourselves? 
Great question. You'd be surprised by how many skills you can practice at home. We were forced to get really creative in the summer of 2020 when COVID forced all of us online. Um, we ended up having a skills lab drive through where our students who were going to be at home that summer doing skills, they actually drove through the School of Nursing. We had a drive through pickup where we handed out all these different lab materials and supplies. So they actually got to take those home with them. And then we used everything from stuffed animals and teddy bears to water bottles um, to hedgehog toys, dog toys to put in Foley catheters and NG tubes, um, all sorts of things. We had a lot of creative infographics um, and our students really, they really shined with how they came up with how to create their own patients at home. Um, I saw a, a teddy bear that had towels rolled up for his arms and his legs and our students had even written a construction paper armband and put on them um, so and they inserted a catheter through him they had a little water bottle where the urethral meatus would be and so you can you'd be surprised by how creative you can get when, when you're forced to work at home but it was a really it was a big benefit our students being able to take the supplies home with them and when they had 24-hour access to those supplies we saw their skills like really strengthened because they weren't just doing this in class they had the opportunity to do it all the time and so that's something that we actually continued throughout the fall and spring semester we're sending supplies home with our students so that they could continue to practice these skills at home so that was actually one of the um, unintended benefits of COVID we saw the, the great um, advantage of letting them have access to those supplies all the time. And so that was something that we continued, but you, you'd be surprised how creative you can get. And we were able to take supplies home and um, our students really made the best of what was kind of a, a crazy situation. Yeah, that's awesome that, you know, learning from, you know, unprecedented situations um, and making the best of it is, is awesome. I also think that that's something, it teaches you a skill that like all nurses should have. You, know, you need to be flexible and be very adaptable because you never know what's going to get thrown at you. So I think that that sharpens your skills there too. You're exactly right. You know, I think a lot of people that go into nursing are very type A, but with nursing, you'll, you'll quickly learn that plan A never happens. And so you have to have a plan B and a plan C, and there's always a backup to the backup. And you're exactly right. That's what it's all about is being flexible, being able to roll with the punches, um, you know, when things don't go according to plan, your patient care can't suffer. So you still want to be calm, cool, collected, even though that may not be how you necessarily feel on the inside. We want to still um, put our patients first and, and make sure we're going to provide the best, um, safest care possible. Sorry, my Wi-Fi keeps messing up. <laughs> um, all right. So now the floor is open for any points or topics pertaining to um, academics or any like advice that you would like to share. Um, with students that are listening or even us. I know one thing I wanted to mention was I thought about going back to the skills lab for, for extra help. Um, I think I saw that as a question too, and I thought that was a great question. So I just wanted to, to speak to that a little bit. I, I always make a point to tell my students at the end of, of every lab, if you go home and you start practicing the skill at home and you have questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Send me an email, send me a Canvas message, I'm happy to meet with you as an individual or to meet with a small group of you, if it's you and your friends that are struggling with a particular skill. And we can do some additional skills coaching where you can go through, I can pause you if anything's going wrong, we can talk about it, we can correct it, and we can keep going. 
A lot of lab courses actually offer optional practice days before a high stakes skill checkoff where the skills labs are open and we've got all of our mannequins, all of our patients kind of set up with the equipment that they need geared towards whatever that particular skill checkoff is on. And during those times, educators such as myself are there in person to provide feedback and answer any kind of clarification, excuse me, any kind of clarifying questions that, that students may have. This past week, we actually offered an optional practice day for medication administration checkoffs, which we have going on this week. And so students were able to come in, our, our first semester students came in with, again, the, the setup exactly identical to what it would be on checkoff day and use all of our tools and resources to kind of get themselves together and, and better prepare for these checkoffs. I even had students who came up and they wanted me to watch them go through the whole process from start to finish. And so we started doing these like mock checkoffs kind of leading up to it in order to give them that feedback. And so I, I really encourage people to take advantage of those optional lab days, those optional opportunities to practice with our supplies and equipment in a setting that so closely mirrors the clinical arena. Because a lot of schools of nursing, as we mentioned, don't have all the, the great resources that UAB does. And so I think it's, it's important to really capitalize on it and take advantage of it while you're a student here. Yeah, I agree. I think I know that I have emailed a lot of my professors and like, hey, I don't understand this. Like, and I think it speaks like to all really, I'm not trying to make generalizations, but a lot of the faculty in the School of Nursing are really open to if you email them, they're like always here for the students. They really want to help you learn. So um, I think one of the biggest takeaways that um, that I'm going to take away <laughs> is um, trying to prevent mistakes um, as a nurse or as a student nurse. I know we're going to, you, you said it's easy for us to beat ourselves up and I'm an expert at that. So um, I'm going to try to, I'm glad that I, I'll know what my mistake is and I'll try to prevent it. And, you know, it won't, it won't happen again as, as long as I'm, I'm in control of that. So I think that's, that's very important to know. It's true, but don't let that prevent you from doing. I think sometimes mm -hmm. I see our students are so afraid of making a mistake that they don't even want to try. You know, it's better if I don't even try, then no, no harm, no foul. And, and don't let that paralyze you as well. Don't be afraid to get in there, especially in skills lab and especially in simulation, because like I mentioned previously, this is the safest place. I'd so much rather you make a mistake here when we can all talk about it and we can all learn from it versus going to the hospital where we can't take it back and we can't guarantee that no one gets hurt. I think that was great advice. Just, you know, a reminder that, you know, while you're in school in these, in these labs, you know, it is a good place to learn and to always, you know, jump at your opportunities and don't stand back. You know, you always learn from your mistakes um, and you can make mistakes in the labs, you know, and not have those, have those um, effects of, you know, potentially harming a patient. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. No, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, it's, a, it's a real honor and it's a real joy to be here. I love what you guys are doing. We belong to a great community here at the UAB School of Nursing and we're so fortunate to have the, the opportunities that we have, the resources that we've got here to grow and, and strengthen our skill as future nurses. So I commend you guys for doing what you're doing, for getting the word out there and um, hope everyone comes to the Skills Lab. Well, thank you so much again for coming. Okay, so time for discussion. 
Um, one point, one, one of the main points that I had, and I wanted to just bring up again, um, was she said plan A never happens. And so um, I think that's, that's an awesome mindset to go into things knowing, you know, when, so when plan A does not happen, you won't be thrown off, you know, you'll be prepared. Um, and to always be adaptable, you know, in those situations when plan A doesn't happen, you have your plan B and C and D maybe. <laughs> yeah, I like what she said about how the skills room and the skills lab, it is a safe place to learn. I know in clinical, everybody's like super nervous and you want to, you want to try to do the skills, but you're like really nervous. Like, oh my goodness, this is a real patient. But like in the skills lab, I feel like that's the time you can make mistakes and you can talk about it with your, with the class. And that way everybody can learn from that mistake and um, can do better. And I also like what she said about like admit your mistakes and don't like beat yourself up about them. Mm -hmm mistakes are like how people learn and so I think that's really important to keep in mind like yes you made a mistake and like no you don't want to make mistakes but at least you can learn from it instead of just getting mad at yourself and being all down about it you can at least have some good outcome from that mistake um something she said basically is um going to these labs and, and learning these skills is definitely gonna you know have you thinking do I want to do this or not <laughs> so and that's that's why you know, having a why, we always go back to that. Having a why is important. Why do you want to be a nurse? You know, what do you, what do you, what do you see yourself doing, you know, in the future? So skills labs, if, if you don't know, you're going to know. Another thing that I will say is she was talking about some of the skills you learned, like making an occupied bed, doing vital signs and stuff. And whenever you're thinking about those, you're like, oh, you're, you're just making a bed or, oh, you're just putting a blood pressure cuff on somebody. And like, you, you I think like the skills aren't really that important, but trust me, they are, they're very important. Even like the smallest skills can like help your patient get better. And so never think that like something is too small or, or not helpful because it definitely is. There's really important to learn even the smallest skills. If you haven't already, be sure to listen to season one's episodes for mental health advice. Be on the lookout for more content featuring academic tips and tricks this season. 